0: Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have an incredible guest today. His name is Jim Reckless with Reckless Coaching and Consulting. And he's not really reckless. He's more of a Somebody who's strategically helping leaders become better business owners through assessments and other tools. So, Jim, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Brian. That's awesome, man. So, you know, reckless sounds bad, but actually it's really good. Now, one <laughs> of the jobs that you had was helping other people who were reckless get their act back together by cleaning carpets. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, typically, uh, I would just go into people's homes or offices and, you know, shampoo their carpet and make them nice and pretty and smell good. Occasionally, we were called into a emergency situation. And, uh, this one happened where a warehouse, uh, had a sewer backup and there were about two inches of shit on the floor, literally, uh, And it was my job to vacuum, suck it all out, and get it clean.
0: Well, that sucks, but I'm glad you were able to get (laughs) things back to normal. So today we're going to be talking about leadership assessments and those kind of things. Now, I am a big fan. Um, I'm a huge fan of something called Crystal Nose, Uh and I use that on LinkedIn to... Kind of get a sense of who I'm talking to. And it's based on the disc system. As a matter of fact, when we met, we met at lunch, um, I was able to print out everybody's disc assessment. And, you know, you said it was pretty spot on. So I'm a firm believer, at least it's it's good to help people have a better understanding of who you're talking to. But I think you do this more for an individual in a bigger sense with leaders, right? So correct. The first thing I wanna talk about is when it comes to business leaders, what is the perceived problem? What problem do they think they have? Or maybe they don't even understand that they have.
1: Yeah, I think leaders get to a uh, point where they've kind of reached a lid and they get frustrated because they think they have it pretty well together. They think they're good at what they do and they don't understand why they can't grow, why they can't get their employees maybe to deliver in the high level of performance they'd like. And so they usually come to be frustrated with what's wrong with my company, what's wrong with my employees. And uh, sometimes, hopefully, they'll come with saying, I think maybe I need help too, but I'm not sure what that is.
0: So that leads us directly into the real problem. I think the real problem is, and and believe me, I've had coaches. I've had lots of coaches over the course of time, but it was finally uh, one coach that I think helped me break through that got me out of my own way. So, mm-hmm. you know, and even though I knew I needed help, I never really implemented it correctly. So, when people are looking for that, how do you get them to admit that they need help? What's the, what's the way that you do that?
1: Well, I try to take the approach. It's not my job to point it out to them. Like, here's your problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm a coach, which means I want to create self-awareness. Self-awareness is the most powerful tool for any human to have. But if you're a leader and you have, you lack self-awareness, you're never going to be very successful. So create helping create self-awareness is my number one job as a coach. And I find it so easy and kind of, um, it's very objective rather than subjective is to use an assessment tool. So when I start working with a, a new client, uh, that's the first avenue I go down is the area of assessments. And, uh, so we get them looking at that and reviewing that and, uh, Usually, all kinds of lights start lighting up. Light bulbs go on, and like, oh, that explains this. That explains that. Um, so it, it it's a usually a very helpful resource to get them seeing themselves more clearly at that at that point.
0: Right, and I think there's there's two key things that I I've learned over the years. Is number one, you know, when you're running a business, often you're too close to the forest to see the trees, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the other thing that I think is super important is people tend to be like cobblers whose kids have holes in their shoes, right? They'll always Absolutely. work on every other buddy's problem, but they won't work on their own. <laughs> right? And so, you know, especially in my world of marketing, I mean, people who are in the marketing business have the hardest time marketing themselves. So I imagine people that are in charge of companies are having the same issue. So how do assessments help them achieve this clarity. What is it doing to give them that perspective? Let them see the trees, right?
1: Yeah, well, um one thing it does is it puts language in words that describe their actions, their behaviors that are very routine for them. In other words, we show up with a tool belt and yet we haven't really looked at and named what those tools are very well. And so an assessment says, oh, you're good at uh, influencing people, let's say. Uh, so you're a good communicator, uh, you are persuasive, you bring impact to energize people to do something together. What, once you become really aware of that, you can become, number one, you can name it, and number two, you can own, take ownership of that. Okay, in my role, I should be influencing more. I should be exerting that influence in a very intentional way. And so the, the thing is, is, you then can find your right place in th- an organization, especially if you're a leader. And then you can surround yourself with people who complement what you aren't.
0: I think the key thing is, is, you know, once they take the assessment, right, that's, that's number one, that's the first step. Mm-hmm. What happens after they take that assessment? How do they get that clarity and start making those changes necessary?
1: Yeah, we do a, a usually a couple of sessions of a review where we will go through and the assessments I use. Uh, They're not, they have some charts, but they're more uh, language, they're descriptive. So they try to uh, actually create a semblance of how you behave, how you show up in your communication styles, your behavior styles, how you interact with people, um, how you approach task versus people. So um, it really brings reality to them. And what I ask them to do is then describe situations where they see themselves in those ways so that they can flesh this out for themselves and uh, become more aware of that.
0: And then how do you help them kind of redirect their energy and get them to start to make the changes necessary to start to see the results?
1: Yeah. Well, taking ownership of your strengths, your natural tendencies, your Uh, best behavior, so to speak. Number one is to see the positive side of it. Uh, There are some people who say, yeah, I wish I wasn't so this. Um, It's like, well, actually, why don't you say it's a good thing? Um, And how can you be very purposeful with being that way? Uh, So I help them explore in what ways does your strengths and personality what does it add? What's the positive power of it that can be experienced with your people? How can you better direct it? How can you better aim it uh, to have more impact? So that's the first thing I try to help them see is that that this is a powerful tool now that we want to get you using in your best possible way.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my business coach really emphasized with me is, you know, number one, she found those strengths and laid them out in front of me and it's like okay here's what you're really good at and and, you know conceptualization problem solving are part of it but interviewing is one teaching is another those are the things that i'm really really good at
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where my weaknesses lied uh, i kept trying to do it because nobody could do it as well as i could so one of the things that i learned you know the hard lesson on is work to your strengths and hire to your weaknesses is that right. part of what you do as well absolutely yeah and so can you explore that a little bit i mean how do you get them to realize that maybe they need to get some new people on the bus
1: hey can i tell you a story about that sure yeah so i have a client actually she's was my first business client that I've ever had who was uh frustrated with the lack of growth in her business uh it had peak it had uh you know, plateaued for a year or two, and, uh, you know, wanted help in becoming a better leader. So uh, we did an assessment, several assessments with her, I took her through my intentional leadership uh, plan. And uh, she discovered a lot about herself. And in the process, uh, you know, she realized that she was this high precisionist, it was a high C in the disc profile and a high S. So she was extremely task-oriented, as well as uh, analytical. Uh, she was also a very high achiever, so she always had a, a list of things that she wanted to accomplish and do. So she was good at getting stuff done herself. What she had a hard time doing was rallying her employees and a team to work with her well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, she was facing doing a major software change, which was going to require everyone to get trained and educated and implemented And she had several longer-term employees who were not at all excited about change. So uh, my job was to help her as a leader lead her team through change. And uh, part of that was owning who she was and keeping to that, but adding a dimension that made it easier for people to follow where she wanted to take them. And that was by encouraging her to create a story about a journey that she was gonna take the team on. And she she did that she did a great job with it and it became totally relatable to everybody in order to do what was very important for her to accomplish her goals. And it, it allowed them to actually do more of what excites her. And that is have better information, better data, uh, getting tasks done more efficiently. So all of those things were important to her. She just had to learn how to lead people in a way that they could follow her
0: yeah totally makes sense and so i'm assuming
1: today they're even better than they were right well what's great is um from that she got very excited and yes they have done exceedingly well um i've been actually i've been her coach for 10 years now um she you know she doesn't want to get rid of me she says I- I guess we should just keep doing this because it still helps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing when you help people become more successful. They either want too much or more of you, but it's hard to break away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, Brian, the next step with her was uh, to become – she was a lone leader. Mm -hmm. And lone leaders are lonely and frustrated. So I said the next step for you is to create – and build a leadership team around you who's taking all kinds of things off your plate so that you can do only what you do best at. So uh, that was a process we did. And uh, we she selected three people, she felt, and we gave assessments to many of them to identify people with the right skills and strengths. Um, and so we did that. And it's very interesting. She did that very successfully. And she was able to not just... Uh, have about a 12 percent per year annual growth revenue and profit, Mm -hmm. Um, but to also begin doing other things that were important to her. So she is a uh, advisor for other veterinary clinics around the U.S. now, and she does that uh, on a regular basis because she's freed up space and time for herself to do the things that really matter to her
0: and that's one of the biggest keys about this is if you can free up your time to do you know your zone of genius you become not only more effective for your organization but to the world
1: right absolutely yeah that's awesome here's another interesting component that's from a business point of view mm-hmm. um I can trace back at least 30 percent of all of my business to her referrals
0: That's huge. I mean, referrals are by far one of the best business sources, especially in the B2B space, right? Yeah. Well, Jim, this has been incredible. Great information, good insights, and a lot of help, I think, to people to, you know, kind of look outside of their own little sphere and start seeing some trees. So with that being said, if people wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. Best way would be to email me at... Jim at Reckless Coaching and Consulting. Uh, they can visit my website at RecklessCoachingAndConsulting.com uh, or on Facebook, same address. Um, and I'll even throw out my phone number, take a risk here. I get enough spam calls every day, might as well get a few more. Right. <laughs> um, so you can text me or call me at 919-451-5502. And as a leader, I like to prevent people
0: crashing their cars trying to write down stuff. So if you could spell reckless coaching and
1: consulting, that would be helpful, I think. Absolutely. It's R E K L I S and then the words coachingandconsulting.com. And is the and an ampersand or just an andy? It's all letters.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Well, Jim, this has been great. I really appreciate you and your time. And thanks for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I appreciate you and look forward to lunch or whatever other activity we're going to be able to get together here down in Raleigh.
1: That'd be awesome, Brian. Thank you for having me. And uh, I wish the best for you and all the people listening.